All right. Amen, everybody. Have a seat. Wow, God is good, right? That's for sure. Well, I'm excited about today because I get to go to kids. I mean, the kids get to go to kids' church, okay? Hey, kids, why don't you all come up? All the kids are going to kids' church, ages 3 to 10. Come on up. Come on up, kids. Wow, what a great bunch of kids. Super. We want to bless the kids today. This is so good. Hey, this is exciting. And I want Miranda to come up too. Here comes Miranda. She's our kids' church director. And we're just so happy to have her here today and, and for the months to come and years, hopefully. Super. And her husband is here as well, Keenan. Why don't you wave? Yeah, he already waved to the people. It's exciting to start this for our kids. Look at them all, hey? This is super. So let's uh, reach out a hand towards them, okay? And let's bless them. Lord, we just thank you for our kids today, and we bless them. We thank you for Miranda, who's just stepped up and is willing to do this ministry. And we pray, Lord, for the many of our church family who are going who are gonna rush in and, and help wherever they can as well. Thank you for that, Lord. And today, in a special way, let your presence be made known in their midst, Lord, we pray, just as it is up here, just as it is in all around the world. Lord, you are good and you are great. Bless the kids. Bless Miranda in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, hey, wait, wait, you can't go yet. You got, you got to tell me, why are you excited about Kids Church? I don't know. I don't know. Are you excited about Kids Church? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. That's the right answer. How about you, Jane? What do you think? Kind of. Kind of. Well, after today, you will be excited. Okay? Off you go. On your mark, set, go. Go, 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 go. Carrie, come on up. <laughs> on your mark, it's echo. <laughs> oh. Good morning, everyone. We're just, I'm going to pray for our missionaries. Um, I just do want to um, plug the uh, Women's Grit and Grace Conference coming up. Lisa has a poster out back out back we can help you if you don't know how to get into um, facebook or instagram or or online and register i know it's strange that's how we do things these days lisa will help you i will help you jody will help you tiffany will help you no just show them how to get online and register we want to have this place packed with women sorry guys oh you can cook for us no just kidding um and invite your friend. That's the thing. If you have that person, that woman, friend, who's not yet saved or maybe close or maybe was and drifted away, whatever, we want this to be an event that doesn't just bless us, but that we can invite someone to. Um, it'll, there'll be worship. There'll be testimonies. A, a great speaker. It's called Grit and Grace. So let your imagination go. It sounds pretty good. So I just wanted to put a plug in for that. And we've got our missionaries coming up here. Do we, Ralph? Yes? No slide? Okay. So I'm going to pray for our missionaries. We're also going to pray for Ukraine. We continue to have a good crowd come out on Friday nights and pray for Ukraine. 
and uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do it this Friday. Just, yes, we are. Okay. So come. It feels good to pray together for Ukraine because at home, by yourself, you might feel kind of useless and helpless. Like, what are my little prayers going to do? But some like to come together and just agree together and pray for peace. And uh, that's all we do. We come and we pray. And we share if we have any missionary stories to tell you. Um, okay, so I would just like to pray for our missionaries. I'll just mention them in my prayers instead of talking about them, okay? So let's just close our eyes and, and we'll pray together for the missionaries that we support here. There are many all over the world, not just the ones that we support. So first of all, Lord, we're thankful <coughs> that we get to meet here. We get to have people watch online as well. We pray a blessing on them at home, dear Jesus. May they feel just as much a part and, um, that, and feel your presence, even at home, Jesus. But as we're here together, we all agree together for Kevin and Julia Garrett. Um, there are missionaries in Thailand reaching out mostly to the people from Myanmar, the Karen people and other groups of people from Myanmar who fled to Thailand as migrants, as refugees, Lord Jesus, doing so much in the way of giving out food and water projects and, and serving soy milk to kids and all of that, Lord Jesus. So, God, we pray your hand of protection on them, your blessing on them, um, that their ministry would be fruitful. There'd always be an abundance of money for them to do their work, Lord Jesus, that you would supply, you would strengthen, you'd raise up more of a team there, Lord Jesus. And hopefully some of us will even get to go there and be part of that one day, what you're doing. Give a cup of water in my name, you say. And that's what they're doing, Lord Jesus. They're providing good, clean water out of the dirty water, Lord Jesus, which is relatively cheap. So we thank you for that, that kids won't be getting sick from the dirty water, Lord Jesus, that they have a chance at life, at physical life, Lord God. Um, we know that Frank Julik passed away, Jesus, and uh, we pray for the boys and girls that are being taken care of there in India, Lord God. Um, two homes, a boys and girls home. They're caring for these kids. They're educating these kids. They are taking care of them and trying to be parents to kids that um, don't have parents, Lord Jesus. So we can pray a continued blessing on that ministry, Lord God. Um, we pray that those that Frank has mentored will take up the, the cross, will take up their strength and their energy and keep that ministry going. We pray for it to be fruitful. We know that leaders have come out of their... Um, ministry and uh, we just ask you lord to keep your hand of protection on that ministry that no government in india would ever stop what they're doing in the name of jesus thank you lord we also have matt and amber in bangkok um, working with child care plus lord god with their own little family <coughs> living in a very busy city lord god we pray for your hand of protection hedge of protection as they zip around the city on their little motorcycle, Lord God. Keep them safe, um, Lord, and we pray that you would use them in a powerful way to, um, to find more people to uh, join with uh, 
uh, sponsoring kids, Lord Jesus, who are poor, who are on very minimal incomes, Lord Jesus. And we know that they're putting the gospel into these little minds as well, Lord God. So use them in their community too. Use them right where they live in a very busy part of Bangkok that um, they, people would be attracted to them and the message that they have, Lord God. Um, Darcy and Leanne McAllister are in Hong Kong right now. They've done with their quarantine. They are always um, creating materials, teaching uh, with their Zoe network. Um, Lord, lead them by the power of your Holy Spirit in all that they're doing. Empower them to empower women, Lord, to be fruitful and effective in women's ministry, Lord Jesus. And God, most of all, we think of Ukraine today. We think of the poor Russians. We think of the poor Ukrainians. Um, both countries are suffering in so many ways because of this, Lord Jesus. So we all agree together right here, right now, for peace in that situation, for peace in Ukraine, peace in Russia, Lord Jesus, in Belarus, the countries above, like all the way up to Estonia that are Latvia, that are in fear that this is going to progress even further uh, north, Lord Jesus. So we pray for all of those people that they would fall on their knees and go back to their faith where their strength will come from. We pray that there will always be an abundance of supplies. We know so many missionaries who are right on the border of Poland and Ukraine, that there would be an abundance of money, an abundance of food and clothing to help those people, that those people would um, see joy in the faces of the Christians who are there to greet them when they arrive, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, have your way, Lord God. We don't know what your whole will is in and through this, Jesus, but we ask for peace. In Jesus' name, we agree together today, right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we have a place to meet and never let us forget it or take it for granted. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, team. It's uh, good to hear your voices when we worship together. That's one of the things I'd missed the most uh, during our season of online-only church, actually. And uh, yeah, I just, I love it. Um, but good morning. Good morning. Uh, some new faces. So my name is Tiffany. I'm one of the pastors on staff. I know that some of you probably think I'm like the resident announcement giver. Um, but I actually oversee the spiritual well-being of our grade 6 to 12 uh, students. And so speaking of uh, those next-gen students, I wanted to just start this morning with an ask. Um, from April 22nd to 24th, so just a little over a month away, uh, myself and some of uh, our next-gen leaders will be taking a group of students for the first time in a couple of years uh, on a youth conference or youth conference trip or youth trip. Uh, and it's really exciting. Like we're excited to be able to go and to take them, uh, to have them gather with students from around different parts of the province. Um, some of you have grown up in the church or used to be youth leaders and like you're familiar with YC or History Maker. Uh, and this year we're launching 
YG, Youth Getaway, okay? Um, and so it's going to look a little different. We've kind of regionalized things because we didn't know how many people would be allowed to gather. Uh, but the goal of this event is basically to help students get away from the demands of their everyday lives, just like Jesus did, uh, and connect and spend time with God, to encounter the living God and to just really uh, understand and know his love in a deeper and more powerful way. Um, and so my ask is this, would you now begin to cover us in prayer? Like, would you start praying for our speaker who's coming, the worship team that will be there? Will you pray for our leaders who will be sleeping on the floor <laughs> and driving countless hours? But would you also pray for our students, that they would just understand what God has for them, what God wants for them, that this would be a life-changing event. Yeah, it's fun. We'll all come home tired and exhausted. At Sometimes the bus is going to stink, and like we will make memories, and it will be beautiful. But there's no point in going if they don't meet with God. And so would you please, please just start be praying for uh, those kids who are coming from all over the north, all over the province, uh, and meeting in the Okanagan. All right. I didn't use my Bible this morning. I copied and pasted into my sermon notes so I could blow up the font and be able to read it. But if you brought your Bible and you can read it, uh, now is the time where you can like open it up to 1 Corinthians 5, uh, and we're going to start in verse 1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and of a kind that even pagans don't tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife, and you're proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man that has been doing this? For my part, Paul, even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. I have already passed judgment in the name of the Lord Jesus on the one who has been doing this. So, when you are assembled and I am with you in spirit and the power of the Lord Jesus is present, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that even a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Let me pray. God, we're going to dive into your word and your truth. And Lord, we pray that you would just speak to us. God, that we collectively would hear the word that you have for us, but individually we would know that uh, your Holy Spirit has spoken to us as well. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And God, we thank you for uh, the ability to just go through a book of a Bible and not skim over every, anything. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if you've been journeying with us. Uh, Pastor Ralph has been here since the beginning of January, and uh, over the last couple of months, 
we've been reading through and preaching from uh, 1 Corinthians. However, if you're like me, (laughs) and you had to read the can of tomato soup to remember how to make it recently, uh, this brief recap is for you, okay? Corinth was a state city in southern Greece that gained prominence because of its dual port location. And during Paul's time, it was probably one of the wealthiest cities. It was also very multicultural. Some of the most prominent little G gods that were worshipped in this city consisted of Aphrodite, the goddess of love, Asclepius, the god of healing, and Isis, the Egyptian goddess of seafarers. And finally, it was a city that was marked by the ideals of individualism, equality, freedom, and distrust of authority. I know, are we still talking about Corinth? See, 1 Corinthians, then, is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to this church in Corinth, a church that he planted on his second missionary journey roughly like three years earlier. And although it's the first of two letters that we have record of in our Bible, it actually alludes to a prior letter that circulated between the Corinthian church and Paul. And Paul writes to address several issues. Uh, The main one at the beginning that we've covered lots was division. Uh, And then Pastor Ralph's been going through all of the little ins and outs since then. Um, But the one that we're going to focus on this morning is Paul's response to a reported case of incest and what that means for us today. Did she just say incest? Yes. Yes, I did, and I know that all of you are glad that the kids are downstairs today. So, let's go back to our text. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even pagans don't tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife, and you're proud. And then it goes on to say your boasting is not good, as in, you know, confirming that indeed they were proud. See, this was a city that condoned temple prostitutes. And yet the idea to the regular people who didn't know Jesus, this idea of incest was still, like, disgusting and intolerable. Although it was already forbidden in the Jewish law, you can look at Leviticus 18 if you need some good sleep material, but it was equally despicable to those who didn't grow up in the Jewish faith. But we have a record that members of the church were not only allowing it and tolerating it, it was being celebrated. And it showed how they were misusing or misunderstanding their freedom in Christ, okay? And then Paul doesn't mince words when he tells them, like, the correct response, like, We don't celebrate this. The correct response is to be grieved in the church by this, to be saddened. We should be bothered (laughs) by these actions and then to remove this man from their fellowship. Now, I work in youth ministry, and so we get questions all the time, and hands are flying during, like, the whole lesson. And so before you start asking questions like, where is this guy's dad? Okay, and isn't the stepmom at fault too? Let me just like touch on those. 
First, the wider evidence would suggest that this man's dad was most likely deceased, okay? And that his stepmom wasn't a Christian or professed believer. And so although she is most definitely responsible for her actions, distancing her from the community of believers, aka the local church, would do nothing to make her reconsider her actions and then repent, okay? If you're keen on the ins and outs of church discipline, uh, you can read through Matthew 18 or read ahead uh, and finish chapter 5. But that's not actually the focus of this morning's sermon. So what is the focus and how does this apply to us? (laughs) Is this simply a passage about incest and sexual immorality? No, but I'm glad you asked. Your freedom in Christ is not permission to sin. Your freedom in Christ is freedom from the curse of sin, okay? Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And Romans tells us first that God's kindness was intended to lead us to repentance. And then Paul goes on to say in Romans 6 that shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Uh, Yesterday was beautiful. It was like a blue blazer. And uh, I was out hiking with one of my friends. And uh, her and her husband, her and her husband, uh, would identify as Catholic, okay? So they attend a Catholic church in town, and their son goes to a Catholic school, and we're kind of walking, like, the last kilometer, and it's sunny, and the snow is shining, and it's beautiful, and she's just telling me about, like, life, you know, friend stuff, and how their son finally has a date for, like, his first communion. Uh, And part of that process for them was uh, he now must begin uh, reconciliation, or what we would like most commonly refer to as confession, okay? And so she said her and her husband are like talking with their little guy one night, and he's going to be eight next month. And they're like, bud, like, have you thought about what you're going to talk about? Right? Like, good question. Get him thinking, understanding. Uh, And his response, like most seven-year-olds probably would be, "Uh, nope, haven't really done anything wrong. (laughs) fair. And then there's like this long silence at the dinner table. She said like, and so her husband looks at her, and then he looks at him, and he looks at her, and he looks at him, and, and then he says this, okay, but just so you know, this isn't permission to do something really wrong in the next week. And it's met with an, oh, okay, (laughs) right? Like, it's kind of funny at seven, right? You're like, but so often we almost have this same attitude in our own hearts and minds. Like, God, I know you want more for me, but I'm just going to watch this one last time. Or God, I know you know that I've had a hard day, so I'll stop tomorrow. Or, God, if you didn't want me to sin, then surely you wouldn't allow me to be tempted. Okay, first of all, that's a sermon in itself, and I encourage you to read James 1, 
okay? And then read through the gospel accounts of how Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, but we don't have time to go through that today. And even sometimes we do this like, well, it's fine, because like, I know it won't affect my eternity. I'll just ask for forgiveness. We'll worry about it later, right? And yet Pastor Ralph a few weeks ago talked about the Bema Seed and how we're all building on our own faith and how at the end of the day, uh, what we've built will be judged. And so it matters. And you can go back and listen to that because that was like a five-second recap of a very powerful sermon. (laughs) But your freedom in Christ isn't permission to sin. Your freedom in Christ is freedom from the curse of sin. And just to finish like fully exploring this truth, we need to unpack the final portion of our text. Starting at verse 6, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread, leavened with malice and wickedness, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So a couple quick notes. Uh, when Paul talks about malice and wickedness, it's like his go-to for like sin in its entirety, okay? Like we're not only talking about those two things. Um, and the second <clears throat> is that they're talking about a festival and a tradition that was common for the Old Testament Jew. Um, and so when he says, don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough, everyone would have understood what he was talking about. But I am not a baker. I actually don't even enjoy baking. Like if it comes out of a box, I'll make it for the sake of baking with my son. But that's where I draw the line, okay? There are people who do a great job and I will pay them. So I wanna offer you an alternate image in one word to kinda convey this this same idea. Are you ready for it? Glitter. As a type A recovering perfectionist, I would consider glitter to be an enemy, okay? It doesn't matter. You take that little tiny container and you twist the lid and the moment the lid opens, it's everywhere. Doesn't matter if you've already put your glue on the paper and you're shaking it so careful, it catches in the air, it's all over your house for the days and weeks to come, it tracks on your socks, like it's literally the worst, okay? It doesn't matter. And likewise, if we tolerate sin and celebrate sin within the church, it will spread and it will affect the whole body. Sometimes this manifests itself in ideologies, right? Like there are churches that have adopted um, thoughts and um, practices that are indeed sinful. And the obvious ones that we might talk about are like uh, permitting same-sex marriage or polyamorous relationships. But less obvious maybe is like applauding legalism or preaching the prosperity gospel, right? Like Jesus is coming, and I'm going to be healthy and wealthy and have great relationships. Did you read about how Jesus lived? Good luck with that. But other times we see this come up when believers weren't held accountable, even when the signs were there. Okay, like if you see signs in my life and you're like wondering if there's something else going on, you have 
permission to call me out in love. Not while I'm up here. There's a way and a process to do that. Okay? But like, be like, Tiff, we should go for coffee. Like, I, I'm really concerned. Because when we don't, we see things that make the headlines about how people had been scammed out of their money in the church, right? They've been defrauded, or how sexual abuse was allowed to continue, or uh, an affair has taken place, like these big headlines we read about. And yes, these certainly affect each member of the body. But there's a more subtle and equally important individual application here as well. We're all called, each one of us, to get rid of this leaven in our lives and to be pure and holy just as God is. Like 1 Peter 1.16, be holy because I am holy. Why? Because I am holy, right? Like it's not a huge explanation. <clears throat> I also really love Matthew 5.13 when Jesus is talking about how we're supposed to be the salt of the earth. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? <laughs> it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Like, I recognize that this sounds harsh, <laughs> but sometimes we need to be a little blunt because we've seen the headlines. We know we've been impacted by this in our own lives, in other people's lives. We understand that when the church is condoning something sinful, it has an impact on the global church. Like residential schools are a prime example of something that was and is wrong that's really come to light in the last several years and has impacted the view and the voice of the church. And I see this play out with our students in youth ministry. Like, they are watching us. <laughs> and so they have a parent or an adult in their life who talks the talk but doesn't walk the walk. And not only does this impact their view of that person, it actually affects the entire church's credibility. Now, I want to offer a word of grace and hope because that's important and that is also an aspect of the truth and and Jesus and his character. This isn't about getting it right all the time, okay? This isn't about being perfect and never like messing up or sinning or falling on our faces. This is about knowingly accepting and celebrating sin in the name of freedom. It's like YOLO <laughs> within the church, okay? Because we're all a work in progress till we see Jesus face to face. And that's just the truth. Like the Holy Spirit comes and he'll convict you. And that conviction that like, oh, I probably shouldn't be doing this. It's not to shame or condemn you. That's the enemy's business. And that's a life-sucking cycle. It's to allow you to bring it to him, to bring it to your mind. Maybe you didn't know it was wrong at one time. And now you do and you're stuck in it. Like, repent. Find forgiveness. Find that freedom in Christ so that you can love and serve like we talked about. But maybe you're like, mm, 
that sounds good. Like, I understand what you're saying. But, like, how does this even happen, right? <laughs> okay, that's fair. Like, how do we get rid of all of that glitter <laughs> or leaven or malice and wickedness in our lives? I want to just, like, offer a few practical recommendations, okay? First, lean into biblical community. Like, find and lean in to biblical community. Build relationships with other Christians that you trust and respect where it's a normal, even if it's uncomfortable, part of your relationship to, like, share about what you're struggling with and call sin out in the other person's life in a loving and truth-filled way. Spend time with Jesus. Maybe that sounds like the obvious one, and I should have started with it. But I'm not just, like, talking about, okay, read your Bible and pray. Yep, those are important. But I'm referring to, like, sitting and being quiet and still before the Lord and just say, like, Holy Spirit, search me. Like, search my heart and bring the sin to light. Confess it, repent Become uncomfortable with this sin. And maybe most importantly for the church in the West is to learn to live at a sustainable pace. Like Jesus was a man on a mission. He had a very clear call. He traveled by foot. He was always surrounded by people who demanded his time and attention. And yet, he was always being interrupted had time for interruptions. We actually read about so many of the miracles that took place because of these interruptions, right? And second, he withdrew even when the work was undone, even when there were still people that needed him to spend time with God in prayer, to spend time with God in just communion. And I gotta wonder, like, when was the last time we just, like, wasted time with God? right? But I believe our addiction to busyness in the West has left us so exhausted that we lean on escapist behaviors, and because we're all dealing with it, and we're all struggling with it, and we're all facing the same realities, we don't really feel the freedom or permission to call it out in someone else because we haven't dealt with it ourselves, and we're being wreaked by havoc of just this escapist behaviors, and sometimes they're really like, well, you know, they're not life-altering. Just have some more dessert. Watch some more Netflix. And other times they are incredibly damaging, and often they build. But we got to learn to, like, lean on God and practice that, the whole idea of, like, Sabbath, right? We work from a place of rest. We don't work to earn our rest. The band's going to come up this morning, <clears throat> and uh, they're going to play that song we sang. <clears throat> it's a new song. Most of you probably stood there and read the words this morning. <laughs> and uh, it's talking about the freedom and the power in the name of Jesus, right? The name that breaks chains, the name that calls back the prodigal son. And I thought it was a really powerful song, especially when we're talking about our freedom in Christ not being permission to sin, but our freedom in Christ, being freedom from the curse of sin. Like, God 
paid the penalty for your sin and you can live in freedom. <laughs> and you can be in relationship with him. We're coming up to Easter and we'll continue to build on that and unpack that as, as the weeks go by. And maybe you've sat here and you've tuned me out because I talked about glitter. That's okay. But my hope and my prayer is that as we were together this morning, even at home, that like you felt that prompt, you know, <laughs> you know, the areas where the Holy Spirit is whispering to you like, hey, it's this, it's that thing. You already know. You've just justified why. I invite you this morning just to give it to God. And we're called to pick up our cross daily. So you're going to give it to God now, and you're going to give it to God tomorrow morning, and you're going to give it to God on Tuesday, and you're going to wake up every day and say, God, I cannot <laughs> do it without you. Because not only did the gospel save you, it has the power to continue to save you and sustain you. Right? Like we give it to Jesus every day. It wasn't a once and done. But let's start now. Why put it off? And so they're going to play. And I just invite you to like sit quietly with the Lord for the first little bit. And just confess it. Name it. Say it. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for help. And then I'll come back up and we'll close in prayer. And then I would encourage you, like, yeah, I can pray with you. And Pastor Ralph and Carrie, we can pray with you up front. That's fine. We'd like to do that. <laughs> but find someone within this church family that you already meet with, that you're connected with. Ask them to pray for you. You know, get uncomfortable and begin to lean into the biblical community that we're talking about. <laughs> and encourage you to sit quietly. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you and then find somebody who will pray with you. God, we thank you that your truth brings life. And sometimes your truth is uncomfortable, but you love us. And you want us to look like you. And yet in the midst of that, you knew we couldn't do it on our own, and so you sent your son to die and save us. And Jesus... We don't really want to give you a bad rap. Like, we want people to look at us and understand that you love them too. We want to be salty for the sake of the kingdom. And so as we sing through this song, as we sit quietly, Holy Spirit, would you just begin to whisper <laughs> to each one of us what it is that we're tolerating, that we're celebrating in the name of freedom? Maybe some of us need you to yell a little louder. <laughs> but we know you're doing it kindly, in love, that there's no shame or guilt or condemnation. There's actually so much grace and freedom when we let those things go and when we bring them to the light. There's no more weight or heaviness about hiding it. So God, we love you and we just ask that your Holy Spirit would minister to us now. Amen.
Hallelujah, I'm free, for Jesus rescued me. Message of hope, truth, and love. We're going to play one more song, but this is like the formal ending. If you want to turn to your neighbor or find that friend and, and pray with one another, I encourage you to do it now. If you feel like you need to come up front, uh, we'll pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. But if you feel like you got to go and you got to wrestle with this, that's okay. God will be with you, and he'll continue to work this out all week. We love you, church. <laughs> Jesus has good things for you. We want to journey with you. And so let me just pray for you one more time. God, I just pray that you would bless this local body of believers in person, online, upstairs, downstairs today, and in the week to come, that we would be full of light, that we would wrestle with the hard things in our lives, but we would do it in a way where we partner with your spirit and we walk in freedom and truth, and we just proclaim the gospel by the way that we live and the words that we speak. God, thank you that you've called us to be a family and do life together. <laughs> Help us to just get uncomfortable in a way that like brings life. Thank you that you're with us, that you'll go with us, go before us. You never leave us or forsake us. And that because of Jesus, we are free from the curse of sin. Thank you, Lord. Amen.